0: This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting
1: to the point.
2: Hey, what's up, To The Point listeners? It's your boy, Chris Yano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. I'm excited for this episode today. Uh, You know, a lot of times we have on... um, different owners of different sized businesses and, and you've listened to the podcast where I've had some really, really, really big companies on here and uh, listened to you know, their leadership or their owners on their path to build those businesses and they want to give back and things like that. And so we tried to switch it up a little bit and um, and think, man, what's a different path we can take? Because not everybody listening to this podcast is just an owner of a business. There's lots of different hats you wear when you are an owner, right? Different paths you got to go, you have to go down. Um, and I always like it whenever... I've had a previous guest on and then they get to join me as a co-host. And I actually have that again today, which is super cool because I have my friend Wyatt Hepworth for many hour, who is my co-host today. Wyatt, are you ready to be my co-host man? Like, are you going to be able to match my high yellow purist status of fun? <laughs> I am not going to match your fun level, but I will try to
0: hang in there for you. So yeah, I'm excited for this though.
2: But, Boy, listen, here's the deal. You, if if you 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 didn't have to come in clean shaven today, and that would have made my heart so happy. <laughs> 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 but I have white on as my co-host today too, mainly because we have the COO of NDR today, Jeremy, who I met. Gosh, it's probably been when was I up there? It's probably been. It's, has it not been? It's not been a year, right? I guess it maybe it has been a year. Now I think about it. Um, been a little while. it was after Rhino X last year. So it had to pretty close to, to, uh, a, a year or so, but we have Jeremy Hansen on who's the CEO of any group, but, but when well, I met you, man, I was super duper impressed. We sat in your office and, um, you guys started walking us through like some of the spreadsheets, these air quotes and they're reporting and the things and like as many of these as I've sat through in different places I visited and I've um, been around so many different owners, um, it was clearly obvious that you knew what you were doing. You had it together. That it was a pretty tight ship, and, and even just like some of the metrics that you're using, that you know that you guys are using to make decisions and like monitor the day to day health of the business, the heartbeat of the business. Like it was super impressive to to see that, and and it helped me understand a lot of the backbone of the success that Any Hour has had. So um, I want to talk about that journey a little bit. So today, my friend, is all about you because um, Wyatt and I talked about this before, and not only once, we've actually talked about it multiple times, so thanks for reminding me, Wyatt, that we, and we talked about it again, is, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Disney, and clearly so are my kids, and the guy that got the short end of the stick was Roy Disney, right? Like, Walt had the great big vision, the idea, and then Roy come in and actually made it happen, right? Disney World Disney. So is it fair to say Jeremy that you're kind of like the Roy Disney to <laughs> to Walt with Wyatt? is that a pretty fair <laughs> assumption?
1: I I'm not going to go on record saying I'm grateful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Point being is you're such a critical important part to the growth of, of any hour and uh and and I want to put that out there as if, you know, this was, you know, a Walt Disney type like That's, it needs, the story needs to be out there because you're such a critical piece to it. No different than in my business. You guys have met Anna. She is that she would rather stay behind the scenes. She doesn't want to be out in front of anything. She just wants to kind of do. And, uh, and so I push her into out of her comfort zone into the light, if you will, because I think she's brilliant and she's very smart and she's done a lot to help our business grow no different than yourself. So this is my opportunity to kind of put a spotlight on you that you deserve. So that's what I'm trying to accomplish with all this thing. Because you've been a part of some really critical years, growth years in the whole Any Hour story. So when you came on, it, uh, we were talking about this at a time too that y- it was in 2008, and and that's when it was just an electrical company, and it wasn't the Any Hour that we know today. It was a much smaller company, and um, and and I've as many times as I've had I've been able to have conversations with with Wyatt just about the success of any hour, I think a lot of times we miss some of the early phases of this year and the importance of those phases of those early years on what was the size of the businesses, because people will say, well, they're so big, I can't relate to any hour. Maybe not now. Maybe not now you can't, but I guarantee you in that journey, there's lots of years where you can absolutely relate to any hour. So, and I just want to mention a couple of these things and why like fill in or either one of you just fill in any gaps, but I mean, 13 years ago, what, 2010, good grief, that was 13 years ago, Um, 1.5 million, in 2011, 2.5, then the next year, 3.9, then the next year, 6.3 million, then the next year, 10.6 million. By the time you hit 2015, now you're 15 million. That's not that long ago. That's not that long ago. It seems like forever ago when I just said 2010, but... um, Remember when 2000 came and people didn't know what was actually going to happen in the world? They're like, oh my gosh, 2000, it's going to happen. Now it's 2023 and guess what? A lot of stuff has happened. But part of what happened is you guys built a monster company on the back of just really great servant leadership, great culture, good customer service, good people, great leaders. And, and Jeremy, you're one of them. So I want I want to share this story because you've been on a journey with you guys. Uh, you've been on this long journey uh, with Wyatt, and with the rest of the team, but how did you even get into that spot in the first place? Like, I kind of remember the story a little bit that you guys were telling me on on how you even got into it in the first place. But I would like you to share that, and then and then go ahead and um actually just share that story on how you even you like your guys's connection and how you got into any hour, and then kind of your your journey. And then if you would just kind of give me some of those like really good benchmarks along the way for reference on what on what year that was, if you can remember.
1: Sounds great. So uh, Wyatt and I are actually brother-in-laws. So we would get together at family events. We married sisters. So Wyatt's married to Samantha, who's my wife's older sister. And we would get together. And uh, at the time, I was running a a new construction company down in Southern Utah. And and Wyatt was running, at this time, uh, a new construction up in Northern Utah. Uh, he hadn't transitioned into the Any Hour service side of things. It was, it was primarily new construction. They did a little service work here and there, but it wasn't branded Any Hour and and, and moving in that direction. And we loved to talk business. We would find ourselves aside, party, and we'd just talk for hours. And we just loved talking business. And and at the time, I was going to school and running a business. I was going to school to be a dentist, um, and uh, but I didn't want to go into debt going to school, and so I was running a business and. And I really ended up loving the business, and I I love the industry. And and so um, what happened is fast forward through the school years for a while, and I was getting close to going off to dental school, and uh, one of my suppliers, who I'd become really good friends with down in southern Utah, uh, said he wanted to go to lunch. We'd gone to lunch numerous times. We were good friends. He was a little bit older guy at the time. For me, I was in my uh, mid-20s. And we went to lunch and he kind of shocked and awed me a little bit. And he says, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a dentist. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've been going to school for years for this. What are you talking about? I want to be a dentist. Pretty cool game. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know this about him, but he actually told me, you know what? I used to be a dentist. And, uh, what I found is when I left my business, it stopped running. I was the dentist, and I had people working for me, but there was no other dentist. and this is how most dentist offices are. And so, when you go on vacation, you take a day off; that place shuts down and stops, and income stops. And he said, "I learned within, you know, about ten years that that wasn't my calling, and I've started business since. I left the dental field." And he said, "I can tell you really love business. I just don't think you're the that's what you want in your life. Coming from someone who's lived it, I think this is something different. So that kind of opened up my mind. That first time, I kind of." i like to get laser focused and i was just kind of going on one track and i kind of stepped back and look around and and at that same time um why invited me to go up to training to any hour now any hour had started their service side and things were starting to roll so it was a few years later and so i went up to any hour sat in a training he had a don jennings uh guy that had been doing some trainings in the industry uh, and he he brought in all the employees, and I can't remember if there were spouses in there, but it, it was it was a really cool experience. I got a, I'd got heard about the business a lot, but I hadn't really seen the inner workings of it, and it was really interesting. There was some great things going on. People were excited about the future. White had a great vision about where things were going, and, and so it really started my mind thinking. And he had kind of left hints that, you know, oh, I wish we could have met before you started your business this you know this is this is why yeah, that sounds like why right there <laughs> so i kind of had, <laughs> had a hint that uh you know that he might be interested in and in, in me coming up there and working and i don't remember it was it was over 15 years ago we had a conversation and somehow you know i opened the door let him know that i might be interested and that i might change my path and southern utah that where i lived in southern Utah, is about three and a half hours and i think we hung up the phone and I think three hours later he was at my doorstep taking me to <laughs> dinner, my wife and I talking about an opportunity to work at any hour. Um, and uh, you know, I, I don't know if I was crazy or what, but I think it was pretty quick decided, yeah, we're gonna do this, sold my business, um, obviously didn't go off to dental school, sold my house, moved up to northern Utah and and started. And, you know, at the time I didn't have a title. I didn't know what i was going to do in the business you know my background wasn't electrical i wasn't a tradesman electrical at the time but you know i'm I'm in my 20s so i guess i'm just a little naive and why it's got this awesome energy and vision of what's going to happen so i just drop everything sell everything move up and and we started that journey and then within a a few years we became partners and in the business and so we're both owners and we continue to grow the business and transition it. But yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how it got started.
2: When did you guys, when did you guys technically become partners? What year was that?
1: What year was that? Wyatt? Go ahead. <laughs> I believe it was 2011.
2: Okay. So that was when you guys were sitting at two and a half, I think you finished that year, two and a half million. So significantly smaller than where you're at today. Okay. So, so you, the, you got sold by Wyatt, which I get cause he's got that charisma to him and he's just a kind dude, but he's got a vision and he believes in it. Like it's hard to not believe him. Um, but you got sold to sell, move up with, uh, no title. <laughs>
1: just, yep, that, that's just correct. trust me.
2: We'll figure it out. Trust me. We'll figure it out. Uh, that's intriguing to me. Um, I'm not, I'm that kind of guy that could probably, that could be talked into that, but Anna would not be talked into to that. My wife would not be talked into that. Um, but clearly you bought into the vision, right? And, and, and was the vision at that, at that point that Wyatt was painting, is that anywhere near where things are today?
1: Uh, he was painting a pretty big vision, but I think even back then it wasn't, wasn't quite this big. <laughs> it was, it was pretty big. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I, obviously the vision has taken a few turns and I I think it's turned out greater than all of us were hoping, but yeah, it was, he was, this was, this was a lot of years ago. And at the time we didn't know any companies that were even in the realm of the vision he had. So it was a pretty big vision.
2: Got it. So, so, okay. In 2011, you become a partner and what is your responsibility at that point in time? Like, what is your job?
1: So at that point, I was general manager of the of the company. Got it.
2: Okay, so you're the GM, and um, what other lead? What what other leadership positions is it? Is it basically still you and Wyatt as the key leadership of the business?
1: Well, when I first came in, as I said, there was no title, and, and I and I think I, I'm. I'll speak for Wyatt; he can jump in. But I think he saw maybe some talent, some drive in me, but he didn't really quite even know what I would fit in the business. He just like bring talent in and it'll all wash out so when i got there i didn't even know what to do so i just started answering phones started dispatching i started invoicing i mean so you know early on i did all the office work just kind of bouncing around trying to make an impact try to help with the business which was really helpful because it really helped me wrap my mind around what is the processes of this business what does it look like from top to bottom and then you know i moved from there into Managing the office, call center, um, dispatch, and then eventually managing service so as service manager and then and sales manager and then general manager. So kind of working up the ranks as a business continued to grow and scale.
2: Got it. Perfect. So that's where I was hoping you were going to go.
1: Wyatt, if, you, if I'm not telling this right, you jump in because <laughs> Why and I were talking about this earlier and we love the color code, you know, and in the color code, it says reds live in the future they're all about, you know, we're working today for tomorrow. Blues live in the past. They really like to reflect and learn and extrapolate what's in the past. Yellows, uh, Chris, they live in the now. It's a great place to live, you know. They call it a present for a reason.
2: That's right.
1: <laughs> it is a present. <laughs> and, and white personalities—they've never told us where they live, so we're still trying to figure that one out. But, <laughs> but, and so, you know. <laughs> why remembers the past more than i do because he reflects on it and that's a powerful thing to do but i'm i'm kind of always looking for it so why i'm gonna ask him to jump in and fill in details yeah exactly and 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 back to that vision that vision, jeremy you mind
0: kind of talking about what that vision was um, we're talking about the uh if you want to fill that in because we actually had the new construction still when you came in
1: yeah and and again you know this was early on so why you can fill in my memory of some of the visions we'd have these meetings and and uh, i remember at one point it was you know early early on it's like 25 million i don't think that was the end goal but it was like we're gonna be 25 million in the next while and we're gonna have numerous locations down the i-15 corridor which is the main freeway system in in, in our area and uh and i i guess i don't know if i was just gullible or what but i was just like yeah this is happening we're gonna do this and then others in the business sometime were like oh this you know why it's why it's a little crazy <laughs> and, and then we would grow. And then they were like, wait a minute, maybe he's not crazy. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what I remember of it.
2: Well, so what I like about this, like already is um, the, that you, like we said, Hey, yeah, you became the general manager in 2011. But really what I heard you say was you worked your way to that position because you were doing all the different things from answering the phones. Like, so you did learn quite a bit about the business because clearly you already had the entrepreneurial piece to you in the first place because you already had a business. So you had some business savviness already. The fact that you're a red means you like to get from A to B. Um, And which would lead me to believe that you're thinking through like the processes, the way to get there as quickly as efficiently as possible, which is what all of us visionaries need is that person to help us execute on the vision. So, this business grows. I mean, it has got a twenty-five million dollar vision. You know, somewhere in the future. Um, now, when ten did, years was it? Ten years. Ten so years. okay, so so that ten years, when you casted that vision for twenty-five million, the ten years would put you at, at what year? Like roughly all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now.
0: Yes. So that vision was in 2008.
2: Got it. So 2018, you're 2008. going to be... Gotcha. Okay, cool. I believe uh, I, in the book,
0: Good to Great, I believe that a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, needs to be 10 years out. It needs to be out there a ways. If you put it out two years, you don't hit it. Everyone's like, ah, I don't know if I want to be... 10 years is far enough. You can really figure out, like, how do you get there? And at the time we were new construction when Jeremy came in, we're straight electrical work. Um, we're growing that service side, and 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 again, Jeremy and I really aligned. I'm a, I'm a I'm a blue red. He's a red blue, and so we actually have a lot of the same strengths and limitations, but we we really are different people, right, Jeremy? Uh, what what's your feel on that, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, uh, we, we we've talked about this in the past. I, I think there's a beautiful symmetry, but there's also some strengths you know that that overlap a little bit and also are opposing, which is great. Wyatt uh, he he does reflect and look at the past more. I think he's he he has a little more visionary naturally to him than I am, but he also is a secondary red, so he's got this operational you know outlook and he likes to think things and dial them down in and then me being red first, I I really lean into the operational. I think that's my biggest strength. And then the secondary blue, I I do like visionary and I do like big goals and I like to go after them. And so, and so they just really work together in symmetry and and help each other move forward.
2: Got it. So, all right. So I'm going to keep going down this path because then I want to really dig into, and I want the listeners to hear maybe some more of the details of like the day-to-day type things or particular things that levers or whatever things that you're looking at along the way and different phases of the business. So first off, if 2018 was the goal to hit the 25, the 25 million, did you hit it?
0: Jerry,
1: <laughs> I'm trying to, again, I don't reflect on the past. I'm trying to think <laughs> what size we were in 2018. I know we hit it, but yeah, um, yes, we
0: went from 1.5 to 2.5 to, uh, uh, I think it was 4.1 to 6.3 to 10.2. 10.6 i believe to 15 just barely over 15 to barely the next year barely over 18 and then boom jump from 18 to barely over 25 and we did a lot of i think those are pivotal years if jeremy can really talk about some of the things he was doing each day through that process because that was growing 100 organic in a time when people weren't growing like that i mean you you did have people growing that like that like the dave geigers with with horizon i mean oh my goodness uh, and we were showing his video by the way we had a little video and we say look what you could be and we show this video and, and then we paint the picture what we thought it was we'd never been to this place still still have it would love to get out there but uh but you know you weren't seeing that except for with some of the select you know select companies here or there but and now there's a lot of guys doing that but back then there were just very few people doing that back then so yeah jeremy i think you really, Jeremy was huge into why that happened. I love, yeah, I agree with you, Chris, but if Jeremy could dive into what that looked like, that'd be awesome. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's important to understand the dynamics and the business. Like, like we've said numerous times, we we're electrical only. I believe even to this day, electrical is further behind in, in the industry. It, it's, you know, we did a survey recently in our area and asking customers about, you know, who unaided questions about, you have an electrical problem, who are you going to call? We hit the top of the marks, we're the biggest brand in the area. But then when the second, uh, if you if you don't call any, who do you call? It was all these commercial electrical companies. You know, it, it's just they haven't developed and, and there's a reason for that. You know, estimates are we're about $130 billion industry in the U.S., electrical, plumbing, heat and air residential service. And, and about 10% of that is what's estimated to be electrical service, about 13 billion. Yeah. So, you know, HVAC and plumbing is a much bigger piece of the pie and it's been developed and organized and customers have been ingrained to what to expect. Electrical has been farther high. So, so we're working with this, the smallest piece of the industry and then our area too in Utah, you know, we population wise, hall of Utah at this time, I think was um, well our area was less than 2 million back then the area we covered and, and honestly it was more like a million million and a half we pushed into the north later which had more population that helped add it but so we're not dealing with a ton of population and then utah has been a very conservative spending state it's it's been changing over the years we've seen a lot of change in the last 5 and 10 years with people are a little less conservative with spending and you know there's a, a lot of programs where people lean on their neighbors and buddies and and so it was a, it was a tough growth spot to be an electrical in Utah in in that time timeframe. It, it is a little different there, but what specifically do we want to dive into? Just some of the metrics well, of the I, day-to-day?
2: Well, I think what I'm thinking is, you know, you, you started as electrical and then what trade did you guys, what was the next trade that you guys brought on?
1: Well, we, you know. We didn't. We didn't know what we were doing. So we're like, we need to get into plumbing and HVAC. So let's just get into plumbing and HVAC. So we started both trades simultaneously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was not saying I would recommend that. I'm not saying I recommend. That, but yes, that's that's how we did it. We we, we threw out advertising. We just threw on there plumbing. and H- <laughs> Hold on,
0: Jeremy. Jeremy <laughs> said, I said, how are we going to start heating and air and plumbing? I'm not a heating air guy or a plumber. And Jeremy's like, well, I'm not even an electrician. I'm helping you run this company. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. <laughs> All right. So, so we just 2010. We just started. We just started advertising, and we we didn't have anyone to do the calls. So we made friends with. We had some friends in the industry because I've been doing work in the area, and I know heating and air plumbing guys. So we just started. We just went to them and said, hey, we're going to start the side, but we're going to set our calls to you until we figure this out. And they're like, sounds great to us. I'm sure it does. And so that's what we did. Right. <laughs> But but I think Jeremy, I mean Jeremy, Jer- you got to understand this. GM Jeremy was answering the phone this whole entire time. Still, he was in the CCR. His office was just right off the CCR room and dispatch. He was living. We didn't have a dispatch manager back then. We're starting these new trades up, and Jeremy was just talking to me earlier, and he's like, "Why? Well, I, I had people like Jeremy. You you tell you were having people like ask what you guys were calling you. Once we started getting heating and plumbing guys, right? You were like." You were actually answering all their questions over the phone, right? So uh, a little surreal,
1: yeah. Electricians, plumbers, at HVACs call me. What do I do here? And <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, my family is a construction family, so I grew up, you know, being in construction, and and you've seen a lot of technical training. So I, I think I understand a lot of the dynamics. And most people they actually don't need the technical support. They just need the emotional support. Like, what would you do? And so I just ask them enough questions, but yeah, it was, it was kind of an interesting time to, to be alive, but yeah, we added both trades in, in, in 2010 is when we kicked them both off and um, why it's right. We started referring some advertising went out a little earlier than we were expecting. So we started referring the calls coming in because we quite, weren't quite ready for them, but then, we started getting complaints about the people we were referring by our customers and you know, they're not taking care of us and we don't, we don't and we're like, Oh shoot, we better get this thing going quick. And so we really, you know, got down to it and hired some great people and started getting things moving. So,
2: so I want to, I'm going to fast forward just a little bit for the sake of time, because um, I definitely want to hit on some of these. Like you said, that that's a perfect example of you said, yep, let's do it. Well, you had to, get the advertising in by a certain time so then you had to just figure it out from there and that is kind of how the journey goes sometimes right like you just you say yes and then you figure it out um, but people are doing this that are listening right now like and plenty of people even though they've heard don't just bring on a another you know another service if you haven't got the one you're doing figured out well and, they, and people will still do it because an opportunity comes available or a person becomes available who has that other skill set and then you're like oh I want to take advantage of this so like it still happens plenty Um, and what's nice is that if they can start to learn some of the, uh, pitfalls or roadblocks that they're going to hit before they get there that you, you, that you may have experienced, but, but I want to just, before I get into that today, um, any hour is what's any hour specifically, not the whole any hour group, but just any hour specifically, um, what size is any hour today? Yeah. So we're, we're going to be over a hundred million
0: at any hour, uh, all organic, hundred percent growth were over hundred million. However, as a whole uh, company, we are actually a four hundred million dollar business. And, and Chris, I'd really like—I think there's some real keys here. Back back when we were four million dollars, Jeremy, I I, th- I think there were things we were doing that projected us to the twenty-five million at four million and at two point five million. Um, like for instance, uh, Jeremy. Uh, just so you know so in 2010 Chris I was still getting rid of new construction and we're not counting that revenue as part of the size I was still getting rid of that jeremy by then he was running the he was literally running that business right jeremy and yes we were talking every day pretty much every single day sometimes multiple times a day but he was running things and i was running out in the field get, get wrapping up jobs with our guys we were the biggest new construction electric company in in utah at one point we we weren't that at that point with that bad economy but i was still we cared about those guys we were trying to pull some of those guys in to save them in our company like jesse willer who's still with us scott t and nate devinish and we you know all these guys we're trying to save them and not just lay them all off so i was trying to be methodical and smart about how we ended it with those contractors we still have contracts so jeremy really had the company like on him running it while we're trying to build out that, start new trades and it would be really good because I hear people saying, yeah, you guys are 400 million or yeah, you guys are 100 plus million in one location. You don't understand us. Well, shoot, this was twelve years 10, 12 years ago, you guys. So I think it's really huge because Jeremy was doing things. We were doing things, but Jeremy in specific was doing things like what Roy Disney did for, look what he built if you go to Disney World, holy heck. Jeremy, why well, seriously dive into that? Like dive, What was your day looking like? What were you doing each day? What were you doing each week? What did that look like?
1: How are you, you know,
0: how are you implementing
1: things? Just please go into that. So I, th- I think one of the challenges we have in these businesses is there's lots of shiny objects. <laughs> and and why and I we love to go to businesses and pick up nuggets, and we've learned a lot from other great companies and you know, hope companies have some stuff from us, and so there's great stuff, but there's lots of shiny objects and you go out and you see some new exciting meeting you can do or program or pay structure you can do or, and and then you want to bring it back and implement it and then you get down the road 2 or 3 months maybe 6 months and then you see another shiny object and so i think you know one of our greatest successes is consistency we we find something that works we plug it into the business and we keep it in the business you know like like huddles we started huddles many many years ago and 14 years 14 years ago 14 14 years ago ago and you know and and i ran daily huddles until about a year and a half ago every day i was in the daily huddles and and um that's not always the most exciting thing to do every day. <laughs> you know, we're, we're running this, you know, big company and I'm in the daily huddles. And we eventually got to where we were doing, you know, we, we do four of them now. And so I was running multiple huddles day, diving into them and then weekly manager meetings every Monday, again, another thing that we do every, I still run those today uh, with the executive team. We come in Monday morning and, and the first thing we do, Well, I get in early enough, that that's not my first thing I do, I prep it all, but early on in the morning, we, we get this 90 minute manager meeting and we dive into the logistics of the business, numbers from last week, reviews, all the basic stuff, but I think we get too distracted sometimes from some of these shiny objects and we don't do the stuff that we know works. We've been out to companies where they shared an idea with us. We implemented it. A couple of years later, they came back out to us and they're like, that's so cool. I love that you do that. And we're like, we got that from you, but they had stopped doing it because <laughs> something else came in the business and was shiny. So, you know, good to great has this analogy of the flywheel. We love good to great at any hour, but this flywheel is, is this massive thing that you got to put all this energy into when you start a business or start a department, you push and you push, and you put all your energy into it. It might just creak <laughs> and move a little bit. And then too often we abandon it and move on and there's gotta be an easier way. But if you can get that flywheel moving, you got to keep pushing on it every day. And so this business is exciting. It is fun. I love it. But it is stuff you do every single day to keep it going. And you can't get distracted from the things that make it work. And Chris, Chris, so, so uh, Jeremy was willing to stay back,
0: run the business, do those huddles, do the weekly leadership trainings that he actually still, we have six of those going on per week right now we started at one when we went to i think two or three or so anyway it's gotten to six now he's still he, he still trains leadership five and six every single week now if he does if he's not here there's someone in line after him and then dice he has a line of people so that doesn't get canceled you guys. so uh like jeremy that jeremy doesn't cancel it he's not canceling the huddle if he's not there we get huddle notes every single day so i'm still copied on those notes jeremy's still copied on those. we get copied on on all that so we know what's going on if they're if someone's not in the meeting uh they they get the notes so they know what was going on but 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 it's sexy to go look at other companies and it's sexy to go do all these things and look at things and what jeremy was good with is he was good with running the business why and he went out of town also but but, uh, but why I went out of town and I was taking technicians to all these different, you know, companies out there. We were part of one of the groups we were part of this next star. So we were taking people to all these different companies like out in uh, like Applewood, Line, out in Denver, uh, Precision, Boulder up there, who's now one of our partners, which is awesome with Tom and Andrea. Uh, but anyway, I was going out there and Jeremy went out there also. We, weren't, we went out there a couple times together, but it was mostly me going out there. With these new plumbers and electricians and heating and air guys, showing them what, what what we're doing with the good great trip out there and back. But Jeremy and I stayed on the same page. So when I when we got back, Jeremy still was running the business as things stayed happening. But also, if Jeremy went out of town, um, he uh, you know he still had a line of somebody in his place. Uh, at a time I believe it was Brett was the first one, right? Right, Jeremy? Yeah. Brett now, and uh, he was he was in place to do the trainings. If Jeremy was gone with a group, and, and and Brett's also taking people out of town also. So anyway, but I think that's key that no one – it wasn't like Wyatt and Jeremy and Brett just travel around the nation thinking, we're just going to go to every convention and every this and every that. Um, we, 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 uh, we have to lead people back to run the business, and a lot of times that's one of us. In fact, Jeremy even takes – Jeremy, I'd love for you to talk about the the vendor trips and how you know I would stay back on those and run things while you would be painting vision out there. Uh, so you don't mind, Chris.
2: Yeah. But before you answer that, can I ask just one quick question? Cause you keep talking about like these daily leadership meetings. What are you covering in these yeah. daily leadership meetings?
1: Great question. So we, we've been doing these uh weekly leadership trainings. So it kind of boiled down a little bit of, of, of you know, you, you, you get a good recipe for a brownie <laughs> and the, uh, you dial it in you know how many cups of flour and all, you know all this stuff and and, and we, we learn these things and we know how to make the brownies but then we get lazy and we forget the eggs or you know we're out of milk and maybe i'm not even gonna bake the brownies today you know wow well, i'm gonna do a german chocolate cake today you know i'm sick of brownies this is what i think happens in our businesses but uh we, we've kind of found the recipe and it's not this crazy sexy recipe it's just it works. It's daily huddles, it's weekly manager meetings, leadership trainings, one-on-ones, you know, every week, it's um, weekly trainings for every, everyone in the company gets a weekly training and, and, and everyone's heard of these, but I promise you, if I go into business, I'll find out that they're not doing it well. They're not doing it consistently. One-on-ones, everyone in the industry, we talk, we know what one-on-ones are. We talk about it. Do you track it? Do you know what your one-on-ones were last week? did did you have someone fill out a sheet saying that they did the one-on-one with the goals written in there and you're spot checking and making sure it happened i promise you a company says they do it and then if you checked it'd it be like 20 percent of the one-on-ones happened that week and and so it's not good to great talks about the swan dive it's like doing a swan dive is is not always there's a lot of cooler dives but doing it better and perfect like how do you do a perfect huddle every day like why it talks about it It talks about notes talks about accountability uh, to do's for people that are followed up the next day i mean there's a lot of matrix to that it's not just come together talk for 10 minutes break and that's that's a good huddle you know but back to the leadership trainings um this was probably about 12 or 13 years ago that we we realized that you know we're not likely to find top talent in the industry and going to hire them into our business and take top leadership positions that's not number one what we wanted to do we wanted our people people to have opportunity. And, and it wasn't likely that we'd find the people we want anyways. And so we realized that if we're going to have top leadership. We're going to have to grow on. And, you know, we love Jim Abrams and he's he done some amazing things. But Jim Abrams at one point said, you know, the people that took me here today are not the people that are going to take me where I want to go tomorrow. And why and I were like, that sucks. <laughs> we don't like that. Like, I don't want to just like get rid of all these people today because they're not going to have the skill sets that we need tomorrow. So we better develop these skill sets. We better get them, you know, and and it's a choice. They have to develop them too. And some people have chosen not to develop and they might still be in the business today in a key role, but they might not have taken the next wrong role, you know, it's got to be the right person. So we develop these leadership trainings. um, And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think we have time to get real, real technical with them, but if you focus once a week for an hour with key people in your business on how to become better leaders, that's 90% of it. It really is. Get together, take some content and 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 call it a leadership training, don't call it a book club, don't call it a, you know, luncheon. It's like, what are we doing here today? We're here to develop ourselves as leaders. Let's talk about how we can become leaders. And so we do homework every week for the leadership trainings. We go over content every week for the leadership trainings. We have reported homework every week for leadership training. So when you start out, we talk about what was the homework that we did? What did you do? Did it work? Did it fail? Let's digest it. And so it's it's action stuff that we're doing. But I tell you, you know, it's not one week makes a great leader. But you put a leader through that for years, and they get a little better and a little better. And they rise with the tide of the business, and all of a sudden, you yeah, have really capable people.
2: Yeah, that's cool. And I remember seeing it even when you were when you measure these things. Like I can, I, as you were talking about checking in on the one-on-ones, you have it on the spreadsheet, right? That shows if somebody misses it, like you can kind of go back and reference, like who missed a one-on-one in what week, um, which is a great layer of accountability for everybody. Because, like you said, you could probably go in and find it. And find, you know, most businesses probably aren't as consistent with that. And, and it's hard because business gets in the way, right? But you also have a choice to make on, are you going to make the meeting happen or not? Um, I'm certainly guilty of these things myself. But the consistency part is what you said matters like. And, and you guys are still kind of going out and finding, like going out and visiting all these different businesses and finding, we'll call them the shiny objects. That doesn't mean that you come back and implement all of them. Um, but you, but then when you, you still try new things and when you find it, you stay consistent with using that one because you're noticing it's working within the business. So it's just kind of maybe finding the things that you do learn that fits in your business and sticking to it. Um, but that's part of what you have to have in place to really scale this thing, right? Is you need to have these leaders in the business. And one thing I've learned too, is the bigger the business gets, the more, you know, solid, really great leaders that you need to bring along with you to actually help build the business. You have to have key leadership. And you guys have probably heard this before, too, that a lot of times people don't necessarily leave companies. They leave their leader, their leadership. And so that leadership training uh, piece is so critical because, you know, you could be a a great manager of people but be a poor leader. Um, Like sometimes great players aren't great coaches, right? Um, But – you can be trained some of the skill to help you become a leader if you want it, if you want to be that. Um, And so you just got to go through it, like doing the homework, doing the content, like great. And you do it over and over and over and over. And you remember, it what Mike Tyson said, right? Consistency kicks determination's ass, right? <laughs> you said that? And it's so true. Yep. That consistent piece of it, because you guys have grown this thing to an amazing size, you know, business. And now today, I think like in, in the state of Utah, I think like the nearest competitor, like three times bigger than even the closest competitor to you guys. You built a great business. Um, But you've also built in this machine behind it that supports that size of business. And that includes this leadership, these ongoing trainings and all the little details of things that you have to do over and over and over and over and over again to make people better because the better the people the better they are for the business right the better they are for themselves hey what's up everybody I know I gotta cut it off I can't let the episode go too long but I hope you enjoyed this episode with my homies from other marketing companies here in the trades tune back in next week to part deuce listeners thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week we are extremely grateful again the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much whether you're a rhino or a rhino Or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do you search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.